0: Indian County 911. My brother's gone. Can you be a little more specific, sir? It's my brother. Who took him? I don't know who took him. I don't know what. Sir, sir. Could I speak to a press? Explain to me what happened. And I looked out, and there was this big red blinking UFO. I can just say this: something's going on in the woods. Something's going on. They're not dogs, they're not coyotes. What could it be, right? I had an encounter with a skunk ape, and it completely altered the course of my life. I found this skull. I think you guys are going to want to come build this. Put him out, 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 out, out. I just see it, I just see it. Awesome. it. Sightings
1: of a UFO hovering over a farm. Millie woke up from a dream, and when I went into
2: the bedroom, she said there's a monster on the wall. They saw that the creature had run through
1: a barbed wire fence. That they were able to obtain hairs. They sent the hairs to their lab, and it came back as an unknown creature. Bizarre Encounters with Shane, Boring, and Jenny.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to the most bizarre show on the internet. I am the one, the only... Shane Squatch. I am the Friday Night Delight, Oren Felix.
1: <laughs> and I'm still just Jenny.
0: Just Jenny. You got to start using other wrestler names. You guys got to start looking like you're like a tag team, you know? Ah, oh, shit. You, gotta, you guys got to start using the wrestling couple names. That'd be fucking perfect. I
1: would be the Bella Twins. Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm one half of the Bella Twin, Jenny?
2: I
0: don't have enough
2: assets <laughs> for that, I don't think. <laughs>
0: So uh, I guess kind of getting everything rolling. Uh, I know that you guys got you guys got some stuff to talk about this week before we get into the show. So uh, what's new? What's going on with you guys?
2: Well, Shane, I told you I had some woody banters for the beginning of the show, and I haven't told you what it is so we can spring it on you. So we have officially become those assholes now. I bought a GoPro. <laughs> So we can start, like, documenting um, when we go to festivals and do, like, boots-on-the-ground research and maybe vlogging and stuff. So, anyway, that was my witty banter. We've become those assholes now. We're going to be walking around, filming ourselves, acting like idiots. Be on the lookout. Yeah, so all you lucky listeners, in addition to getting to hear our (laughs) dumbasses, you're probably going to get to see our dumbasses in some capacity here before long. So
0: just a weird addition to that too. I was just talking to Gabby yesterday about saying that I wanted to get one of those chest strap GoPros (laughs) for when I went on like paranormal adventure shit like that. Cause uh, as everybody can kind of see, we've been kind of building up a little bit with the YouTube and TikTok, um, mainly just audio clips right now, but I recently dropped something about this paranormal trip that I recently went on in Mm -hmm. uh, Blackford County, uh, old Blackford County jail. So kind of ironic that you guys get the camera I'm planning on getting all this kind of stuff. So at least for the listeners, you know, just expect a lot more awesome video content from us. Well, and good news, Shane. I was on the GoPro website, and they have
2: like a harness-type situation for your dog. So you could get one of those and strap a GoPro
0: to your perro. You're good to go. I think I want one for my forehead. If I'm going to do it, I got to go all out. Like, I was going to get the mid-chest strap, but I feel like it's too low, and my hands would get in the way. So I'm just going to buy some type of, like... Everybody knows that I'm a hat guy. Anybody that's seen the show, seen pictures, I'm just going to get a hat that has like a little fucking slide in spot for a GoPro. <laughs> and I'll just there start rocking up. the GoPro on my forehead and I'll just walk around conventions and anywhere. And well, just
2: this uh, forehead This cam. kit we have came with like a 3M adhesive like mount. So you could just like stick it straight to your fucking
0: forehead. You're yeah. good to go. I just need to get a roll of two way tape. Oh, yeah. I don't even need the damn hat. I'll just, <laughs> there you go, right to my forehead. <laughs> Just JB Weld it to your forehead? Ooh. <laughs> super glue it? Oh There you go. That peel off, though. It'd be so bad. Mm. It takes of my skin and part of the camera. Oh, God. <laughs> it would just blend oh. into one. It just fucking super glue. I swear to God, that shit gets, like, hot when it's starting to, starting to get to that but, point where yeah. it hardens. So it would just melt the fucking skin and the plastic together. Oh, that'd be so bad. <laughs> It'd be like a cyborg at that point. Pretty much, except for not the good kind. I'd be, like, the kind that Big Brother can watch me anywhere I go. Kind of yeah, like, dude, speaking of some creepy... whole vlogger, Cyborg. <laughs> dude, like, I, I've legitimately... Like, I was looking at first when it first dropped about, like, they made these Ray-Bans that had cameras in them. And I was oh, like, oh, yeah. that's a cool concept for, like, if you're trying to do, like, video content, shit like that. But then I was like... Nah, is that really practical? Because if they're just like your regular glasses, like no matter what situation you're in, those things are probably fucking recording, at least to some kind of background recording device. So it's like, you know, you're taking a piss and you're wearing your glasses and got full view of your dick or, you know, you're going at it in the bedroom and you're wearing your glasses and, you know, you're accidentally making a porno for the deep web. So I always maybe take avoid my that. glasses
2: off before lovemaking. So.
0: <laughs> just in case. It's a precaution. You don't want to break your glasses in the middle of it because you feel a little ridiculous and just nerdy when you're feeling like...
2: around with your hands. <laughs> the best
0: way to do it yeah i'm not trying to get on my hands and knees in the bedroom unfortunately not even to look for my glasses so just avoid that altogether and just uh, feel like a feel like a man <laughs> That's tell you that. <laughs> but says, as far as uh my side goes um to not get into all of the crazy happenings that have happened today other than the fact that there will be a lot more coming as far as open minds media expanding into different things and hopefully trying to make it our own little uh media Uh, production company more so than just the two shows but expanding into more stuff so yeah hopefully there'll be a lot more coming with that hopefully i have more time to do it without giving too much away here well i already pretty much got the hint about what's happening but i'm sure you guys can read between the lines but you know trying to re-coordinate figure some stuff out but you always got to see negative situations as a positive thing and hopefully it's just something that kind of pushes me more more into the direction of all this kind of shit and uh, that also being said to all the listeners out there don't forget to support the show um even through reviews ratings all that kind of shit um helps us to grow the show and makes it so that all of our dreams can eventually come true but you guys don't necessarily have to donate contribute to the show there's a lot of different free ways that you guys can contribute to the show um like i said ratings uh subscriptions or not subscriptions but ratings sharing with friends um interacting with us on social media, letting us know that you guys enjoy the show, things like that, uh, sharing with friends. Just there's, there's a continuous list of just different things that you guys can do to help out the show where you guys don't have to spend anything. But if you guys really, really enjoy the show, Keep in mind that you know podcasts aren't necessarily free to produce. You got to pay for the RSS host, all the equipment, all that kind of shit. So, if anybody ever wants to uh, donate to the show because you see it worth value, because you know we hopefully entertain you guys and we do it for free for the most part. So, if you guys don't mind throwing us a little bit here and there, just to make it a little bit easier on us as far as all the programs and everything goes, always appreciated. But again, if you guys can't do it, if you guys can leave a review or a rating, it goes a long way. We really appreciate it. But. <laughs> Kind of getting on to uh, some other news going on, I guess. Um, August 26th, we will be... Well, 33.3% of the team. That's the <laughs> ongoing joke. Uh, we'll be vending at Squonkapalooza. Uh That is a free event, so bring the whole family because it is family-friendly. Uh, it's going to be August 26th in Central Park, Johnstown, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, there's going to be vendors, artists, crafts, games, speakers, movies, activities, live music, food trucks, cosplay, going to be a lot of fun. And uh, anybody that's planning on going, if you guys don't mind sending us a message, letting us know that you're going, it'd be really cool to be able to put some faces to the names, different shit like that. And then I can make that awkward moment where I point at you and go, Hey, I fucking know that guy and I'll do it because fuck it. Why not? <laughs> so make it fun for all of us. Let's just tell me you're coming so that I know you're coming. And at least I know that there are some people that are going to be there. And then I talked to you guys a little bit about it before the show. And there's going to be a lot more information as we get a bit closer because this is a year out from now. But our humble little show slash organization, because it's Open Minds Media, Inquiries, Bizarre Encounters, this this little incorporation will be at Small Town Monster Fest 2, which, as far as I'm concerned, is a pretty big deal considering that I feel like that's going to be the cryptid event that ends up taking off um, because a lot of people have said that Crypticon seems to kind of... It's, it's still obviously a pretty big festival, but it seems like... Um, it's not as big as it was in recent years. And it seems like, you know, things go up, things go down. It seems like Smalltown Monster Fest is going to be the next big one. So, really, really cool that we'll be able to vend that. And unlike Squankapalooza, I believe that both of you guys will be there. So, not only will all the listeners that come to that be able to meet one of us, but they'll get to meet all three of us in one place. And it'll also be the first time we all get to meet each other in person. So, extra cool on that front.
2: We'll be the assholes with the GoPro.
0: Yeah. We'll be double assholes with GoPro, because hopefully a year from now, I'll have a GoPro too, so we can just walk around awkward as fuck. You can have this chest strap, I'll have the hat strap, and we'll just make people really uncomfortable, and we'll like zoom in the camera as people come and talk to us and shit.
2: Yeah, I'm going to buy a dog and just have it run around with the GoPro. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic, everyone. It's just good time had by all. We're going to make a You're joke about it. not going
0: be annoying at all. And they may not actually allow animals inside the hotel, so at the minimum, we will buy one of those awkward stuffed dogs, just so that we can say we have a dog with a GoPro.
2: It'll be my emotional support companion. (laughs) That's
0: what you got to play it off as. i got enough cats. I'll just say that they're emotional support cats, and we'll just have a cat with a GoPro. And then they'll get the really good views. They'll be (laughs) up in the high points, down on the low points, going up underneath the tables. You'll get some of the best views from a damn cat, bro. Holy shit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, guys, you know the deal. Do the internet things. If you want to contribute to the show in any way, uh, hit us up on social media on the email bizarre encounters dot outlook.com any suggestions for guests, topics, artists, or anything like that, you know what to do, you know where to find us.
0: And just a little additional throw in that I did forget to mention with Oren before the show is, uh, We want to hopefully build up to a point where Open Minds Media becomes also Open Minds Media Publishing, and part of that is there'll be a lot more going into it in the future. I'm going to make it incorporated as part of the show, but I'm currently working on a book that's going to be one of the first ones that drops under Open Minds Media Publishing, but part of what we want to do with that is make Bizarre Encounters books. So if anybody would be interested in possibly being featured in a book, um, if you want your name in it, if you don't want your name in it, any of that kind of stuff, if any of you guys have some Bizarre Encounters that you guys really, really want to share, you want to get it out there in the open, uh, we want to start making volumes of Bizarre Encounters books. So anything you guys can contribute to that, um, we would love to do it. And our little difference that we're going to do, um, aside from what a lot of other encounter books are, is we're going to have the encounter and then we're going to do a subsection after each of the encounters. And just like we do on the show, we like to theorize about stuff. We like to try to connect stuff in with biology, try to figure out what stuff actually is rather than just straight listening to the encounter. So with each of those encounters, we're going to have a section afterwards that explains what, uh, what we believe that it could possibly be and some other possible theories on what avenue it could be down um to try to just make it a little bit more interactive uh make it so it's not just your typical encounter book that you're going to find but no you're going to also be learning some new knowledge about some possible folklore you guys haven't heard of Um, i recently got this huge encyclopedia book of different Um, folklore creatures and stuff, and there's some really abstract off-the-wall type of stuff. So I would love to be able to use that book with some of your guys' encounters. So if any of you guys have some shit that nobody's been able to explain before, please send it over to us because I would love to be able to dig through this book with all the details that I have and possibly even throw some new creatures in that people have never even heard of. So... A lot of really cool stuff, but in order for that to happen, um, at least the bizarre encounters book side, we're going to need your guys' help. So, anything that you guys want to contribute as far as stories go, um, we would love to have them. Um, whether you want to record it, I can always turn it into a transcript and put it into the book that way. Or if you guys want to send us an actual typed out story, even if it's something short, if, even you know, even if it's like a paragraph or two, you know, like we would still love to be able to add some of those stuff into the book. So don't be shy. Send us your encounters. We would love to include it. And uh, diving into some more front of the house stuff. If you guys aren't already following us on social media, don't forget to go do that. We are all over the internet on Facebook, Instagram, which is the one that we're the most active on. Uh, we have a Telegram. We have a Discord. We have a TikTok now. We have a YouTube. We're fucking anywhere. So either look up Bizarre Encounters, or Open Minds Media on almost every website, and you'll probably find us in some way, shape, or form in some facet. Um, and then if you guys want to support the show, like I was kind of talking about earlier, um, going into the donation side of it rather than the free side, which, again, if that's all you guys can do, all that is more appreciated than you guys will ever know. Just leaving us a review for the show is one of the best things you guys could possibly do for us as far as getting us, Seen by more people. So if you can't contribute anything at the minimum, please, please, please leave us some type of review. Um, but if you guys want to donate to the show, um, a couple different ways you can do so. You guys can go and pick up some awesome merch over at our Open Minds Media merch store. Uh, there you'll find stuff for Bizarre Encounters, Bite Size um some new designs that I'll be adding that I recently just kind of approved with these two over here. So there will be a new Bizarre Encounters design dropping soon. And I'm currently working on this uh, Cryptid Anime line. So it won't necessarily be bizarre encounters or increase of all reality. Um, It'll just be under Open Minds Media. And we're going to start including not just podcast shirts, but kind of like our own design clothing line that's going to be incorporated with Open Minds Media to kind of expand it a little bit. Because I know not everybody likes wearing podcast shirts, but everybody likes wearing cryptid stuff. So, you know, we're going to start including some of the cryptids. Uh, I showed them some of the new designs. I have this really, really cool one that I post on the Telegram and the Discord if anybody wants to check it out, where it's this uh, anime ninja... Uh, Sasquatch turned out pretty fucking awesome. I think you guys will really like that. So go and check it out. I'm sure it'll get dropped on the Instagram or one of those things as the shirt design before it actually goes onto the store. But if that sounds like something you're interested in, go and check it out. I also have a Mothman one I've been working on. So anything you guys want to do there. Uh, if you guys pick up any shirts, uh, feel free to send us a picture of you wearing them. We'd love to repost them on the pages. Show that there's love and support out there, and we always just love seeing people you know wearing our shirts out and about, of course. And uh, you guys can always. Also, hop onto the Patreon. Uh, There you'll get early access to the show. You'll get live feeds of the show, live replays of the show, uh, which is the video format of the show. And trying to step that up a little bit, I'm going to be including a lot more uh, pictures and stuff in our deep dives. So it won't just be us talking head style on a screen. There's going to be different videos included, uh, different pictures included. Um, It'll bring a whole different diverse aspect to the show. So if you guys are into that kind of stuff, highly recommend going and uh, checking out the Patreon. And there you won't just get this show. You'll also get inquiries. So a little bit more bang for your buck. You don't just get one show, but you get two shows. And the third way you guys can contribute to the show is you guys can donate to uh, the show on Red Circle, which is our RSS host. Um, Anything you guys contribute over there, um, I don't know if it necessarily gives you a personalized message option, uh, but if you guys donate anything, shoot us a message, let us know that you donated because, you know, we want to give appreciation when appreciations do, and we'd love to give you a shout out on the show and uh, again, show that there's love and support out there. And uh, while you're loving and supporting uh, small creators, don't forget to go and check out Joe over at Crypto Teology. I'm sure you guys see me always posting new designs from him. Uh, we've been incorporated and working together now for over a year and a half. Um, it's just a mutual respect for each other. Um, I don't make anything off of promoting him. Uh, we just really enjoy each other's work. We help each other out a lot. And I haven't seen anybody else in the Cryptid game that makes shirts designs like Joe does. So a lot of respect over there my personal favorite as far as scripted designs go. So go and check it out if you haven't already, of course.
1: And all this shit that's just been said is in the link tree in the show notes.
0: I felt like I was on a, such a long spiel on that one. I was like out of breath. Cause I was just like, Oh, I'm just I, I was going to keep that
1: one short and sweet <laughs> <laughs> link tree. Do it.
0: <laughs> I said too much. So that was perfect. You say a little, I say too much, <laughs> but, uh, kind of rolling into it today. Um, just like our last Eve dive, uh, because I've been kind of working on just a a whole series, and we will be dropping one of my deep dives soon. It'll be a little bit longer of an episode. But as far as today goes, as usual, the master of research over here, Oren, did an awesome topic for us. He's feeling super gung-ho about it, and I'm really looking forward to getting into it. So without further ado, pass on the microphone over to Sir Oren over here.
2: All right, y'all. So kind of like Shane said, this is my new kind of wild hair I've had up my ass here lately. So we're going to talk about another kind of local North Carolina thing to the area where me and Jenny live. So it's called the Devil's Tramping Ground. And so what this area is, is uh, in Chatham County, North Carolina. It's like this remote stretch of road out in the middle of nowhere, just rural North Carolina fields, nothing else. Like right off the road, um, and you can look this shit up on Google Maps, like it's, it's literally like, what, maybe... 200 feet off the road, if that. Mm -hmm. So there's this 40 foot circle back in the woods and it's just barren ground. Nothing grows there. Uh, Local folklore legend says that nothing has grown in this spot in over a hundred years. And it got the name of the devil's tramping ground because the folklore said that the devil haunts this spot and he tramps around and plots against humanity. That, you know, that's the, the old wives tales about it. And so this spot has been, you know, kind of notorious in the area for, you know, centuries at this point. Uh, there's a lot of native American legends about this area. Uh, one of them says that the area was used for celebrations and that the tramping from war dances caused nothing to grow in the circle. And then there's another native American legend that says, Two rival tribes fought a battle at the spot. And during this battle, Chief Croatan was killed. And, you know, that's interesting to me because Croatan gets back to like lost colony type stuff. And also, um, I know y'all are tired of me telling this story, but, you know, all the high strangeness, weird stuff that happened around where I grew up. The Croatan National Forest is the name of the national forest right there all this weird stuff happened so that's just something i've kind of found interesting in all this of you know just this name that has other kind of high strangeness connotations
0: just to throw something in real quick just out of curiosity because i'm brain farting on where it's at exactly where it where was the roanoke colony do you you know offhand yeah roanoke is in virginia Virginia.
2: yeah so it's uh not super far from where we're at but it's not like right down the street either so
1: like it's outer out Everbank,
2: like of? yeah kind of like southwest because
1: didn't we go like right there
2: i mean we've been in the general area Okay, yeah okay. like manio and all that yeah, i yeah, think yeah, yeah, so yeah. Okay. yeah it's not like super close to this spot the devil's tramping ground but um again it's not super far either
0: so that might be another thing that we can dive into in the future if anybody's interested if you guys want to hear us talk about roanoke uh, let us know and we'd love to do an episode on that one too that might be a fun one to dive into yeah
2: absolutely but um Anyway, so the Native American legend kind of goes that Chief Croatan was killed during this battle um, at the Devil's Tramping Ground spot. And nothing grows there because, quote, the great spirits are still mourning their fallen leader. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but kind of like the prevailing idea and mythology around this spot is this idea that like the Devil haunts this area. And there is an author and journalist named John William Harden, and uh, he was from Greensboro, North Carolina, which, again, not far from this whole area. And he says, and this is another quote, Chatham natives say that the devil goes there to walk in circles as he thinks up new means of causing trouble for humanity. There, sometimes during the dark of night, the majesty of the underworld of evil silently tramps around that bare circle thinking, plotting, and planning against good in behalf of wrong. So, again, you know, that gets back to a lot of the stuff we talk about, about language and one person's devil is another person's extraterrestrial or what have you, but I did think it was kind of funny that he's talking about, like, the underworld and, you know, that gets back to, kind of, spoiler alert, cave creatures and just the underground being weird to start off with. So, uh, that's kind of some of the background and folklore about the area um but kind of what was really interesting to me is there's been a lot of strange like paranormal phenomena reported in the area um it's said that dogs howl and refuse to go near the circle which again in all kinds of high strangeness dogs are kind of the first uh
1: indicator yeah the
2: first indicator or signal of hey might be something weird going on here and this one i think is really cool they say um you know people can camp there in the area and people will like leave objects in the circle overnight while they camp and these objects like disappear and end up outside of the circle Mm -hmm. which kind of gets back to the idea of like fairy rings and Things of that nature, which I'm going to get into a little bit later.
1: You're already
0: kind of steering in the direction that I was thinking that, you know, it's in a perfect circle. And Mm -hmm. if there is weird phenomenon that happens around this, is this possibly some type of uh, entrance into the whole wormhole network that i've been talking about for a while maybe that's why it has this circular shape to it it's because nothing stays within this circle it's just because maybe it gives off like a weird smell that isn't normal to this reality because there is some type of like interdimensional like residue that gets left there and maybe that's why dogs won't go anywhere near just because they just smell that something's off and not something that would normally should smell in that area or just some type of like maybe some kind of weird like something in the ground you know that causes it so that this specific spot won't grow because of, I don't know, just something in the ground, be it interdimensional, something weird on that aspect, or just some type of like contaminant that may well, be specifically in this area. But
2: we are going to touch on that more in a little bit. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> see, I'm always jumping ahead. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just uh, whetting the listeners' appetites. But anywho, so um, let's see. So we talked about um, things kind of disappearing in the circle overnight. And so you used to be able to camp actually in the circle. They don't allow that anymore, but people reported, you know, they would set up their tent and their camping gear inside the circle. And multiple people claimed like when they woke up, they were outside of the circle, like them, their tent, their sleeping bags, all their gear. They went to sleep in the circle. When they woke up, they were not in the circle. And You know, take all that with a grain of salt, but, you know, that kind of sounds a lot like missing time and stuff to me, too. Like, you know, these people ended up somewhere where they weren't when they last remembered and have no recollection of how they got from point A to point B.
0: Dude, you're thinking the same thing that I was thinking that it sucks that everybody that experience this was sleeping because it's like i feel like there's definitely time loss that's involved here but you wouldn't be aware of it of course if you were sleeping so you wouldn't have any like standard point of reference you're just like oh i'm in a different spot and you're not thinking about the possible like time slip aspect to it
2: yeah and even if you want to go a step further into like abductions and things like that you know just theoretically when they get beamed up when they get beamed back down you know it makes perfect sense they're not gonna get beamed back
0: down in the exact pinpoint spot you know if they got sucked up oh, it's like good. the typical ufo shit where like somebody's shirt's on backwards or somebody's wearing like a different mm-hmm. shirt like there's always just something that's like a little bit off because they're not fully aware like it, it's kind of like the idea of like you come into somebody else's home and you don't know exactly how shit's set up like if you're constantly a regular in that area like you would know and you keep everything to like a t but if they're not even necessarily like using the same items as us, where they wouldn't even necessarily know how they would be used specifically by us. Like, there's no standard of... There's, there's no point of reference. They're just kind of, like, putting it back together and throwing it down. Especially if there's, like, the time loss aspect to it, then they're just kind of maybe like, fuck it, who cares? Just <laughs> fucking get them out of the, sh- out of the UFO. Let's go.
1: <laughs> and I have one more thought. The thing about the objects disappearing when left inside of the circles overnight, mm-hmm. like, if this was a, it, the fae, the fairy fairy circles they might consider those gifts so they took them
2: yeah i didn't even think about that like offerings
1: offerings absolutely
2: and there's something later in the notes that kind of lends some credence to that i think but you know just kind of piggybacking off of everything we were just saying here it seems like just the folklore and the legends around this area is just like this huge intersection of fairy and ufo type stuff you know so i mean i thought this was right up our alley this is like basically the shit we always talk about is <laughs> you know issues of language and uh, you know it's kind of all rolled into this topic and you know this is something that's kind of hyper local to where we're at like this is something that there's not a whole lot of information out there about that i've found it like it's all really local like news stations will go and do a you know, 32nd report or like, you know, the North Carolina traveler or things like that. But I haven't seen this talked about in the paranormal community as much as I feel like it kind of merits. So that's kind of why I was excited to talk about this and draw some more attention to it.
0: What if if it's um, just to kind of connect it into just weird phenomenon in general, connecting with this spot. Um, So you hear about the whole concept about the the different dimensions and, like, the perspective from different dimensions. Like, the idea that you'd have, like, a ball, but if something was, like, in water and you threw the the ball down on the water, they'd only be looking at it as a big circle. They wouldn't see that it's a sphere. They'd only be seeing, like, the one angle of it. So what if this is, like, a spot that is, like, a high-traffic spot or it's just connected into something weird like that, and we're looking at it from the wrong perspective because we're in like the wrong dimension looking at it. Like we're looking at it like it's a flat circle on the ground, but if you're looking at it from like another dimensional standpoint, it may have like a totally different shape and we're only seeing piece of it in our reality because it, it we're not being able to see, we can't see the full structure of this thing because it's not something that exists in our reality, but rather something that's like touching our reality.
2: Yeah. I mean, it could be one of those situations where we're looking at something in the third dimension and this is, a fourth dimensional or fifth, whatever type situation. But uh, no, it definitely seems like there's something more going on than just a bare spot on the ground to me. Um, But anyway, so kind of jumping back into the notes. um, So, and this kind of goes back to the whole fairy and offerings idea too. Um, People say that, you know, they've taken, like, rocks or sticks or other, like, just little souvenir-type trinket things from this area, and there's, like, a long, long history of people saying they've had, like, bad luck follow them, and they've been cursed or whatever, which, again, goes it's back straight to straight Lord. fairy lore. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's just so much about this that is right out of, like, the the fairy fae folk playbook, and then that gets, like I said, into the whole idea of the kind of Jock valley, passport to Magonia, you know, the connections between fairy lore and the UFO phenomenon.
0: I mean even connecting I'm- into the native stuff, there's definitely like they wouldn't they don't call it like the Fay in Native American lore, but there's definitely like another it, 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 the, the the phenomenon exists in native lore which would be in this area but in like a different component talking about like the little people and shit like that that are very gnome-like so it's like that that whole tradition exists in north america but it's just not like labeled necessarily as like the fae with the natives if that makes sense
2: yeah and you know a lot of the fairy lore comes from european cultures and this is like I said, in the middle of nowhere in Chatham County, North Carolina. So, I mean, they might not have had all that lore and all those legends, and they might not have a a cultural reference for that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, This is something we definitely, like I said, want to do some boots on the ground uh, research. We'll take the GoPro. Um, (laughs) It's like 45 minutes from where we're at. But, um, no, I definitely want to do some more digging into this because, like I said, there's not – a ton of information that I was
0: able to find. So that's kind of what we got planned here in the future. See, the hardest part about digging into this shit, and I already knew just from the name that it's one of those things that just what we were talking about with the Windigo episodes, you take native American lore. And then as soon as the settlers get involved, they try to demonize it. So they'll turn again, like the, the spot where they would celebrate battles into the devil stomping ground, like mm-hmm. trying to deter it away from the actual, like, folklore that it was and just trying to look at it from like another culture's perspective so it's really hard to dig into the true stories of this area because you're only looking at it from when the white settlers knew about it and kind of created their own folklore based on it and also just kind of like another thing i want to throw in here do you by chance know what the like uh, most popular like ethnicity is like for this area because it seems like when you have like a lot of people of one ethnicity that are coming over um from, from wherever else they bring some of these spiritual creatures with them so I mean this could predate longer than this or maybe it just started kind of showing up recently when like the the settlers started coming around maybe it was something they brought with them or there's all the just different stories about like all the Welsh people that were supposedly here in like the 1100s so like I don't know maybe it was something that was brought over by the Welsh and it wasn't necessarily even like a native thing to begin with maybe it was some type of spiritual being that got brought over by somebody else and that's why it seems to kind of fit into like a weird category
2: yeah I don't know off the top of my head you know as far as like You know, if they came from England or Germany or what, I'm not sure. But like I said, this is just scratching the surface of all this. I mean, there's probably going to be some sort of follow up episode or video or something we're going to do at some point once we kind of get some more research under our belts.
0: Just a funny thing I got to throw in here. Apparently, there is a movie that came out in 2022 called The Devil's Stomping Ground. I'm getting there. (laughs) (laughs) So, there's a movie if anybody wants to check it out. I don't know how accurate it
2: is, but there is a movie. There might be more than one, but you got to stay tuned uh, later in the notes. Stop
0: teasing them.
2: That's what she said. (laughs) hey Hey Ayo. Damn it. I still got to add that. (laughs) (laughs) So... um. A scientist from the North Carolina Department of Agriculture did testing on the soil from the circle, and it was found to have an unusually high salt content, which I'm going to pass this off to you because I don't know much about, like, the salt rings and which stuff well, and all that.
1: they're basically... Uh, you use salt rings to... Um, use salt to protect, and you also... gosh, don't anyone come at me, I'm really new at this, but you cast a salt ring to do things within the ring, to cast spells, to um, manifestations. Um, But there is definitely a salt ring. I've done it, you know, in my house before. And it's basically where you set up, you know, points for cardinal points and you have salt around you and it's supposed to make your manifestation your uh your spell more it it lend power to it so it
2: kind of amplifies whatever you're doing yeah
1: huh
0: also i did look it up if anybody is curious the main settlers that settled north carolina were was the french so just just to throw that one in there okay
2: so um getting kind of into more of the like cultural pop culture you know more recent Type stuff. Um, so, The Devil's Tramping Ground is mentioned in two horror novels by a writer. His name is Billy Martin, but he also goes by Poppy Z Bright. And I believe uh, he's from Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. But he's got two novels. Uh, one of them is called Lost Souls, and the other one is called Drawing Blood. And The Devil's Tramping Ground is mentioned in both of those novels. And as Shane mentioned, there is. A movie, a horror movie about the devil's tramping ground, but there's actually two. Uh, The first one came out in 2018, and it's called The Devil's Tramping Ground. It's a very literal name. And since that was already taken, the second one in 2022 was called The Devil's Stomping Ground. And I haven't watched either one of these. uh, Just a little bit of research I did. It looks like one of them, at least, is kind of like a found footage type situation. But um, maybe that's something we'll have to... Have to check out and let you guys know if it's uh, worthwhile and got any actual connection and good information to the area.
0: I know what I'll be doing tonight because <laughs> <I>, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I already found it on Amazon. So at least I know one of them's covered.
2: Yeah, I knew one of them was on something when I was looking up like a documentary or something. And there, there right. ain't one. So if you're looking for an actual documentary, you're out of luck. But this is one of my favorite little tidbits. So there's a brewery in Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina which is what 20 30 minutes from where yeah. me and Jenny live and it's it, again in the same general area and they have an ale that they brew that's called the Devil's Tramping Ground in honor of this spot and we actually were at the grocery store mm-hmm. this past weekend and saw one of them I'm like man uh, if this is kind of a last minute switcheroo that we're doing this episode tonight. I wish I had bought one of the cans. Yeah, but when this, uh,
1: when this airs... Um, we'll have one We'll it. have one. Yeah. We'll post with one. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> But um, anyway, so that's kind of more of the more recent cultural stuff going on with this spot. And I thought we could go pretty hard with the conclusions and theories with this one, which we've already kind of done. But of course, one of the big theories that people have is that this was a UFO landing spot, and that the, you know, the alien craft burned the grass and irradiated the ground, and that's why nothing grows there, and so, you know, that was right up my alley when I was doing this research, and again, this kind of got me thinking about, you know, the Jacques Vallée book, Passport to Magonia, and for, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are kind of familiar with uh, Mr. Vallée in the book, but Kind of the idea is Jacques Vallée was an astronomer and a ufologist, like very renowned guy. He's not like some crackpot on the internet. And in 1969, he wrote this book called Passport to Magonia. And it kind of detailed all these links between ancient fairy lore going back centuries. And then all these connections between the modern UFO phenomenon Hmm. And so the first half of the book is basically him talking about all these connections between, you know, missing time, fairy circles, like all this stuff we've been talking about. And then the second half of the book, he goes through like a hundred years worth of UFO reports. He starts in, I don't even remember exactly when the first one was and up until, you know, 1968, right before he published the book. And multiple reports he's got in the book talks about how these circles of scorched earth happen with you know sites that are supposed UFO landing spots. And one of the accounts in the book that I thought was really striking took place on May 12, 1962 in Argentina. And the quote from the book, the actual report that Jacques Vallée made says within a circle 60 meters in radius grass was burned insects carbonized the ground was petrified and i mean that sounds just like the devil's tramping ground to me
0: i mean i'm looking at pictures of it now because i hadn't actually physically seen it before but it definitely it's all black dirt in a circular in a circular form And when you're actually physically looking at it, and I'm sure I'm going to include it as part of the cover art for the episode, so if anybody wants to go and check it out, you could definitely visually see how it could definitely be like a UFO landing spot. But, like, my question would be the fact of, like, why would they pick the same spot all the time? Like, I don't know, it just seems kind of off, unless maybe when this originally was a thing where... Th- this thing was like landing here regularly. Maybe it was the only like really good spot to possibly land in the area. Well, and it continuously landed there so many times that it ended up creating the spot and it may not necessarily be used now, but just because of maybe just like 30 different landings. And if it's giving off some type of like radioactive frequency, or I mean, we, I've talked to a few people when it comes to UFOs and they talk about how they have this high pitched like vibration to them where it's such like an intense vibration that there's been encounters where people have like touched UFOs and like burned themselves on it. So assumably like the same thing would be said for the ground. If it's like just landed, but it's still in that vibrating uh, mode, whatever you want to call it, like when it's like the pre engines igniting or whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't see why the same thing wouldn't be the same for the ground as it would be for a human. If somebody was able to touch the thing and get burned, why wouldn't the ground be able to get burned all the same?
2: Yeah. And kind of two thoughts on that. Number one, I mean, this is all speculation, but maybe it only takes a UFO landing somewhere one time for it to, you know, have this effect. It could. I was going to
1: say that. I was like, well, why does it have to have been a, a more than one time thing? Like,
2: well, And Shane, something you said uh, as you were talking kind of popped into my head. If you look at this spot on Google Maps or there's some YouTube videos out there, um, if you look at like an overhead view, There are very few trees like right around the ring. Um, It's back in the woods a little bit, but there's like this bare spot even of trees. So, I mean, it kind of, I think, lends a little bit more credence to the UFO landing idea that it could have just been this area where there wasn't any trees and this thing landed possibly.
0: I mean, just to throw in a possible weird theory, just to get off the rails and say some weird shit, because it's always fun to do that. Of course, um, everybody gets into the whole like possibility of like time travel or shit like that. What if, rather than it being like a UFO, this spot could be something where at some point a time traveling craft had stopped, and then just like the whole like if you guys were familiar with Bill and Ted, when the fucking uh, t- when the telephone booth disappears, it has like that burn ring that will like continue the yeah. little square on the ground as it disappears. And it descends into like the sands of time or whatever the fuck you want to call it. The, the inner working network of time. Um, again, maybe this could be theoretically one of those spots. Maybe it's a time traveling device, locate last location before it zapped off to somewhere else.
2: Yeah. So I was wrong. <coughs> it's, that documentary, Bill and Ted, talk about it. But. A little
1: soft display there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did ha- I have a thought. We watched, I don't know what we watched, on. I have to imagine YouTube. But people go there now and they mark the trees that are there because there are trees. Yeah, they're like graffiti, which you're not supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, but. but it's not like normal graffiti. It's like um, a cult. Uh Magic. It's it's magic stuff. So I would imagine that there's some magic being done there. And being that it's a salt circle or the, the circle is in salt, you know, I don't know, it seems like a perfect uh, ground to do some... Some rituals. Some rituals, yeah.
0: <laughs> see, when it comes to shit like that with graffiti, because it's like you go urban exploring in like weird abandoned buildings and stuff, mm-hmm. and you see like occult symbols everywhere. It's like, of course, there's probably some people that full well know what the symbol is that they're making. And then there's probably a good share of teenagers also that are just making symbols because it's something they know and they want to make it look creepy. But if you guys, and I'm assuming most of the audience somewhat believes in like the woo woo, it almost makes you wonder if maybe somebody actually went there and actually knew what this thing was and purposely put symbols to, like, protect it or keep it secure, like, whatever. And then just some dumb teenager that's like, oh, oh devil stomping ground, put a pentagram right here, or whatever, just starts making symbols everywhere, like, fucks up, like, the, the protection spell or whatever you want to call it over this location mm-hmm. and essentially just, like, deactivates what the last person tried to do in the first place.
1: Well, I don't know enough about sigils and ruins, and they could absolutely be those. So, you know...
2: So we kind of already talked about fairy rings a little bit, but I wanted to dive into that a little bit more. So fairy rings in European folklore are kind of traditionally thought of as these circles where mushrooms or grass that is greener and taller than the surrounding areas grow. And they're also called witches' circles in a lot of folklore, which I thought was kind of interesting. That's super cool. So like I said, kind of the traditional um, view of these are mushrooms or tall green grass. But there's some other cultural European folklore type tales that describe these things a little differently. So a lot of these tales say that stepping inside a fairy ring was considered extremely dangerous and it could lead you to being cursed or even abducted. So we talked earlier about the people reporting taking rocks and trinkets away and bad luck befalling them, and then, you know, abductions and missing time and showing up outside of the circle when you went to sleep inside the circle. All that kind of tracks with what we've heard about. So in Swedish folklore, they've got a tale that says that fairy rings are burned into the ground by the dancing of elves. And I thought that was kind of interesting because they specifically say it's burned into the ground. And then there's an Austrian legend that says that fairy rings are caused by the fiery tails of flying dragons. And once a dragon had created such a circle, nothing but toadstools could grow there for seven years. Mm-hmm what is a fiery dragon probably
1: Mm. a ufo Mm -hmm.
2: and then nothing grows there in this circle that was created by the fiery tail of the dragon and that gets back to language and the drum we always beat on this show what could these tales really mean in a real world
1: context
0: Want me to keep going? Keep going. Okay. Well, actually, I'm going to throw in another theory on this one, too. So just to uh, get into my whole thing that I'm always talking about dimensions and shit and how there's like positive and like there could possibly be like like a positive and a negative dimension, right? So did you hear about both sides of the tales, like according to what you were just saying with different types of uh, European folklore? So what if there's like a, like a, so to speak, like positive, like fey world, and then there's like a, like a negative fey world? And the positive fae world is all of the things that are like the inner workings of nature. They're like the gnomes, like all the things that are trying to make nature work properly. But the negative of that would be like another fairy world that would be like the opposite, which would be like destruction of nature, so to speak, or just like like an evil opposite version of like what you would typically think of when you think of like the fae. So like what if their marking would be rather than life growing in it and having a fa- having mushrooms grow, the opposite happens where it just creates death in this area.
2: Yeah, and I mean, that gets back to dualities and you can't have good without bad. And it would make sense to me that, you know, there's friendly extraterrestrials and not friendly extraterrestrials. There's probably more friendly, whatever we refer to as fey folk, whatever that actually means. There's friendly
0: ones and not as friendly ones.
1: And stranger things.
0: Yeah, it's the upside down. I mean, talking about <laughs> negative dimensions and shit, too, I mean, just to kind of connect it within with, like, our world, like, we have our reality, but, like, the whole shadow people phenomenon could be, like, the negative of our world. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, every absolutely. single world could have, like, a negative dark version, variation of that world, like the the upside down, for lack of better exactly. terms.
2: Self-disclosure again. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> So, traditionally... These fairy rings are also associated with the devil a lot, which, again, devil's tramping ground. And there's a Dutch folktale that says these rings are where the devil sets his milk churn, which, again, kind of sounds to me like, you know, where the devil tramps around in a circle. So the more I got digging into this, I couldn't believe, like, all these crossovers between... all this other stuff we talk about on the show, the fairy lore and the UFO stuff, it seems like a lot of this isn't that much of a stretch if you look at it, again, with uh, what could this actually mean in real world terms, mindset. And so, again, like I kind of said with the Jacques Vallée thing, in recent years, uh, more kind of paranormal researchers have noted the similarities between fairy lore and fairy rings and the ufo and abduction phenomenon and john keel even talks about fairy rings a little bit in the mothman prophecies so that's kind of the gist of a lot of my research of a lot of the connections i saw and this last one is not so much a connection just something i found interesting and i think we might have touched on this in a previous show a little bit But uh, in that Where the Footprints End book, you know, the ones I pimp out all the time, (laughs) love these books. They're awesome. But in volume one, it's on page 161. If anybody out there has the book, uh, they're quoting an author named Henry James Franzoni. And he says that indigenous locations with devil in their name are often associated with Bigfoot activity. And I, you know, went on the BFRO website, tried to find accounts of Bigfoot activity in this spot. I couldn't really find anything, but again, we want to do some more boots on the ground type stuff with this. And I want to like talk to people around there and be like, hey, have you ever seen any weird Bigfoot (laughs) stuff in this area? You know what
0: happened? I think I got it figured out here. What (laughs) it it is, is people always talk about how Sasquatches don't use fire. There's a reason why. They started a fire in this spot... It got too big, they all freaked out and they were like, we're done with fire, we're moving out of this area, we're done. There's no Sasquatch anything in this area because this was the one time they tried to use fire and they were like fuck that, I'm out, we're done. <laughs> and they set the woods on it's, fire. It's
1: a campfire going <laughs> to
0: See, and their way of protecting it was they started knocking down trees farther out so that it wouldn't actually burn and catch onto those trees. So the reason why nothing grew closer was because the Sasquatch knocked the trees back trying to do a controlled burn. They were like, alright, this thing's out of control Let's get rid of some of these fucking trees real quick. <laughs> they needed some Smoky Bear action, didn't they? They
1: did. But <laughs> we're gonna do this like in the next couple of weekends. We're going to. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. We're gonna take our asshole GoPro <laughs> and all my uh, my spirit box and my EMF meters, and we'll we'll see what we see. Yeah, and I've also heard that like compasses don't read correctly there
2: so we want to take a compass Compass. and see if there's any kind of magnetic anomalies
0: just to connect in and drop a little bit into some of the research and possible book and everything that's coming out in the future but when you go to this area you have to see if it's a circular magnetic field I'm just going to drop that, okay. leave that there. And for all the listeners out there, just a little hint on to some of the weird research that we've been diving into that you guys will be hearing a lot more about in the future. But when it comes to UFO yeah. areas, everybody, if you guys have encounters with this and you want to share the stories, I would love to hear them. Let me know if there's any weird magnetic anomalies near an area where there's high UFO sighting. and. I'll start connecting dots with you from there. But if anybody has any of these encounters, please throw them towards me because it's connecting into this theory even more and it's going to be contributed to, as part of the book.
1: So,
2: yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all I got right now. Uh, like I said, this is kind of just real surface level. Uh, like Jenny said, we're definitely going to do some quote-unquote investigation and we'll probably do a follow-up with some more information at some point. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at right now. This is, like I said, my new... Pet project, and we're excited to to get down there
1: and super excited, record some stuff and see what's going on. We got some serious shit coming up soon, (laughs) (laughs) all the way around.
0: (laughs) And I guess, uh, with that, probably start wrapping it up here. Uh, we've hit about the hour mark, so we should be about good. And for all the listeners that probably see that we might be just under an hour. Stop being sticklers. It is what it is. We covered this (laughs) as best as we possibly could. So definitely be covering some more with it in the future. And uh, I'm looking forward to your guys' investigation. And anybody that wants to see that, I'm sure it will probably more than likely get uploaded onto the uh, Open Minds Media uh, YouTube and possibly even snippets onto the uh, TikTok. So as soon as that starts happening, uh, we'll make reference to it on the show, but if anybody isn't following us over on YouTube or TikTok and you guys want to see some of the stuff that these guys record, uh, go follow and keep tabs on all that shit. And it's always appreciated with the extra follows.
2: And as always, do the internet things. Send us emails. Reach out to us on social media. All the fun stuff, suggestions, guests, all that good stuff. You guys know what to do.
0: And don't forget to review or rate the show if you guys haven't already. Again, like I said in the beginning of the show, it's an awesome way to help the show to continue to grow. And another awesome way you guys can do that is through word of mouth with a friend. If you really enjoyed this episode and you have a friend that you think will really enjoy this episode, share it along to them, send them the link, send them the cover art, whatever you got to do, just pass the story along and maybe they'll pass it on to the next person and start a chain from there. Just have everybody pass it on to one more person and with that, we'll just continue to grow and we couldn't do that without your guys' help, so thanks again. Can't say it enough that we love you guys.
1: For real. And um, if you missed anything, it's all in the link tree in the show description. So thanks, guys. We love you.
0: I have been the one, the only Shane.
1: <laughs> not Shane Squatch. You're not
2: Shane Squatch anymore?
0: Not the end of the show, just in the beginning.
2: Okay. Well, I'm still the Friday Night Delight.
1: All right, well I'm Jenny, just Jenny. (laughs) That's what she said. Yay!
0: That was a little delayed, but it was meant for the Friday night delight. (laughs) Starting to get into some uh, bizarre encounters after dark, everybody.
2: That was (laughs) so restless nickname. I just can't remember who it was. Uh, Uh, I'm running. I think we're good. (laughs) I'm running out of.
0: (laughs) I'm running out of the good ones. Like I said, you got to start hopping into UFC names. You got to start hopping into boxing names. Like you got a plethora, man. You just got to start diving into the good ones. We
2: need people to suggest what my wrestling nickname is gonna oh, be yeah,
1: suggest mine too i'd like a new name <laughs> i mean we have we have jenny from the block but i can't be jenny from the block because you know just because she's so
0: you could always be <laughs> jenny I, yeah
1: i'd love to be the uh uh Drug <laughs> No, I'm okay with J. I don't do any
0: I'm gonna start adding that as a sound effect. I gotta add that to the board. I'm gonna get a I good old Actually,
1: That's funny. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and uh with that everybody, don't forget to always, always stay bizarre. 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 Bizarre.
2: Bizarre.
1: Bizarre? bizarre. <laughs>